Welcome back for round two with Coley and Kavanaugh talking about the market this week. And uh, guys, before we move on to other stuff, uh, I got a question this week from a listener. So if you've got a question for the guys, email it to me at farmdirector at wowo.com and we'll get it on the program. I got asked guys this week to have you explain why the grain market got so volatile this week when the stock market went crazy like it did. I mean, you know, 1500 point swing of trading in one day in the stock market. I think that qualifies as volatile, David. (laughs) (laughs) But in this case, let me give you an example from the corn market. It's the economy. And when you look at the stock market with the volatility you're seeing, it does kind of shake up the grain markets in particular and the livestock markets. Back during the Depression, corn prices got down below 30 cents a bushel because of the Depression. The economy has a big factor as far as what the grains are concerned, especially right. corn. They burned corn in Iowa schoolhouses because it was cheaper than coal back then. Okay, <laughs> There's the economy of this. Yeah. But what I want to point out is we're looking at feed usage for corn having dropped considerably because we were 5.715 billion bushels demanded for feed a year ago. Now this year is 5275. Why is the demand for feed for corn down? Well, it's because of your livestock numbers right now. It's because of the economy. People aren't eating so much meat because it's so expensive at this point. And yes, the volatility relative to the stock market isn't always perfect. It's kind of like there's a chain between us. But boy, once that chain gets tight, the stock market can drag us up or drag us down. So this was really kind of connected to those numbers that we saw in the consumer price index being higher? Yeah. Now, the funny thing is the consumer price index itself wasn't the issue. They were looking for 8.1 on inflation rate. It was 8.2. Now, that's the whole average. But food cost was way up. I think that's what really set everybody up. And that's what also put pressure on the grain markets. Because the higher the food cost goes, the less people eat of the main Mm. food items. And they turn over to macaroni and cheese and peanut (laughs) butter and jelly sandwiches. Don't bet on it. not going that far. I'm not buying it. (laughs) When I get to peanut butter, boy, I've gone all the way. I love peanut butter, though. (laughs) John, I'm just curious. I, I don't want to wander off into a swamp here, but I see that ethanol production rose this past week. I think that's two weeks in a row. Yeah, 10, it is. Still 10% behind last year. And we haven't heard anything about palm oil. So I'm just kind of thinking that maybe the oil market in general on a global basis is running kind of slow. It's it is. It's slow. Uh, stocks in Malaysia in the last report well, we're up 10.5%. So there's the problem right there is that uh, some of the production is apparently increased on palm oil. Stocks have gone up, so that's price depressing. Yeah. Well, you know, one of the things that obviously that we continue to watch, and, you know, every time there's a headline about what's going on in Ukraine, it seems like it, uh, it's another speed bump in the grain market. Rumors still rumbling about Russia not renewing the grain shipping deal. That's the big watch point this week for wheat. That's why wheat was so volatile, because when that bridge was exploded that goes between Crimea and Russia, that sent a huge shockwave through the channels here because they thought because of that, the Russians going to retaliate and shut down the grain exports out of Ukraine, putting more pain onto them. Putin was saying it was a terrorist action. Well, hey, is it a terrorist action what you're doing in the Ukraine <laughs> by bombing right. all these yeah. But I think the main point here is that Things are very, very unsettled, very uncertain in the Ukraine-Russia situation. I'm sorry, uh, it's not going to end anytime soon. It continues to go. The fact is Ukraine (laughs) continue to put up the good fight here. And I tell you, it's going to be a long time before that's settled anytime soon. It's going to keep the grain markets on their toes to try and figure out what's happening and how to gauge it. You say it's not going to end anytime soon, but strange things happen. If the war ended for whatever reason, 
what would that do to the grain market? Well, the wheat would drop sharply, of course, but not as bad as you think, because their wheat harvest this year was really poor because of all the military action around their wheat fields, and their sunflower seed wasn't as good as expected. Their uh, plantings for corn and beans was also down, too. So I, I think the whole situation in Ukraine is based upon the fact that we think once the war is over, that everything's going to return to normal. It ain't going to return to normal because the ports have all been damaged. The, the rail lines aren't working as well to get the grain out of it. So it will have an effect. It'll be a negative effect on wheat. It will fall over on the corn and the beans too, but they won't be as bad as everybody thinks. Speaking of rail, John, talk to us about rail for a second, because in your former life, uh, you spent a lot of time dealing with rail cars. And like I mentioned at the outset, talking to the guys at Ag Plus this week out in South Whitley said that they ordered some cars in uh, July and they only got them like last week. But this rail strike uh, situation uh, really is quite troubling. Yeah, it is quite troubling. You know, as we all know, we have problems with barge movement because of the low water in the Mississippi and rail's not moving that well either. We've got to pay attention to that. That's a significant factor now. In general, rail movement has been a problem for years and it still is. I was told that if it slows down because of a strike for a couple of weeks, we won't be able to recover for about three months after that. Speaking of moving things around by rail, David, uh, the cattle market was kind of choppy uh, this week. Uh, was it the grain market that kept cattle buyers on the sideline? midweek or what? No, you tend to in October have the influence from National Pork Month. And you know, in the beginning, beef was doing very, very well, but then it has a limited lifespan here, especially since now, like I said before, a couple of weeks ago, you're running into the turkey season for Thanksgiving and ham for, for Christmas. So I think the beef market's finally reacting. They got a little bit overpriced for both choice and select. And I think that's what made the market so volatile at this point. One item though, that really stands out are the comeback in the hogs. Pork export sales did exceed expectations. Beef export sales were very, very low, but they found another case of African swine fever in Romania this time yeah. in Eastern Europe. This time it was 39,000 head, and they said that was a large farm in Romania. So I think the big point there to stress is that the African swine fever hasn't gone away. And I think the hog market is definitely responding to that because I keep hearing that they're developing a vaccine here in the U.S. for African swine fever, but no one has confirmed it yet. Yeah, well, we'll keep an eye on that one because that one would be critical. Well, guys, since yes. it is the baseball playoffs, here batting cleanup in the rotation this week, John Cavanaugh with the final word. Oh, boy. Well, we have to address this when we talked about the problem with barges and the low water at the Mississippi River and because of the dry weather. So I don't recall a fall ever being this dry. I mean, it has been bone dry. We just got a couple of tenths of rain a couple of days ago. That was disappointing. We haven't had anything for several weeks before then. Well, you look at the records. This is the third driest September we've had in the Midwest since 1979. So this bone dry weather is giving us an extremely fast harvest, and that's putting more pressure on the basis because it's definitely moving very quickly. We'll see that more so in the next two to three weeks if it continues to stay dry, but also the barge market, you know, because of the dryness and there's been uh, some dredging going on to kind of help ease it, but barges aren't moving as well. Barge freight has just skyrocketed to levels that I don't think I've ever seen before. Now it's eased back some because of the dredging, but it's still in huge numbers. And that's reflected back in the basis because of the uh, high freight to get soybeans and corn from the Gulf back into the interior river points. Basis on the Ohio River down around the Evansville area. Holy cow, the corn is as cheap as 86 under December. <laughs> and the soybeans are as cheap as 126 under the November. Wow, that's just incredible. That's coming from the barge problem, which is coming from the dryness. Yeah. In the interior, it's not quite that severe. 
you get into the interior of Indiana, for example, you're seeing corn around the uh, old 1500, soybeans around 15 to 20 under as well, which is fairly normal. But bear in mind, if uh, this dryness doesn't ease up pretty soon, man, this barge freight problem is going to have a significant impact on the basis. Well, you know, at 15 cents under, that basically says we still have some storage. Go ahead and bring it on. A dollar twenty-seven under, that means don't even show up. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Coley and Kavanaugh brought to you by the Allen County Farm Bureau. And top to bottom, local to national, the Farm Bureau is fully engaged in a couple of really important things right now. First, their get-out-the-boat effort is fully underway. If you're a member like me, you've probably got a message or maybe an email from Farm Bureau National President Zippy Duvall reminding all of us how important these midterm elections are. And second, the Farm Bureau formalized their list of farm bill priorities this week. Not that any of them were a surprise, but I've got more on that coming up in Farm News in just a few minutes. But the Farm Bureau's efforts to support farming on the state as well as the national level are epic and they are ongoing. And your Farm Bureau membership makes all of that happen. So support your local Farm Bureau with a membership. Go online to itpaystobeamember.org. Podcasts by Federated Media.